Do you want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. It lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. You know I love that, and I promise you the other platforms don't offer that. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can also earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. I've been using Spotify for Podcasters from the very start. I highly recommend you give it a try. Just don't post on Monday. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey everyone, Gil Gross here post-match. Carlos Alcaraz versus Alexander Zverev, ATP Finals 2023 round robin. If you're not here for spoilers, click off the video in three, two, one. Alexander Zverev opens his Turin campaign with a victory, come from behind fashion, drops the first set, wins it 6-4 in the third. One of the biggest wins of the year for Zverev. He will feel good once again about his head-to-head with Alcaraz, which he now leads. He will feel good at this point about his chances to advance out of the group and make the semifinals, although, of course, there is work to be done in that respect. Um, Other than that, I want to jump right into the analysis of this one and uh, start with, with Zverev's serving performance. It was probably always going to be the headline if he wins a match like this. But, I mean, as far as the, the stats go, uh, the percentage of first serves made is obviously something that jumps out. He made 77% of his first serves. And I guess the point I want to make about this is it's kind of par for the course for him indoors. Now, yes, it's a couple of percentage points higher than, I guess, what you would expect in a typical Zverev match, perhaps, uh, just looking at his averages. Uh, But the fact is, like, this is what he does. And this is why he is regarded as one of the best servers in the world. It's because he's bringing massive pace, one. But two, he's usually hitting you with, like, over 70% first serving. And when I say usually... I, I'm actually not lying. His average for the year uh, is 70.4%. That's his average. Now, if you look at it indoors, probably goes up a couple of percentages from there. And how good is that? How rare is that? Uh, let me just read you. Let me read you the top 10 for first serves in percentage on the ATP Tour. All right? It is first place... Oh, only top 50 players here. If you're not in the top 50, you're not included in this. Uh, First place, Sebastian Baez, who just rolls it in, right? He just puts it in. Second place, Zverev. Eubanks, third. Lajovic, fourth. Sinego, fifth. Sarundalo, sixth. Davidovich, Fakina, seventh. Alcaraz, eighth. Nori, ninth. Jari, tenth. There are three guys in there who actually used their first serves as one of their major weapons, Zverev, Eubanks, and Jari. Most of the guys who are at the top of the leaderboard in first serves in are are there because 
they don't go for all that much and you know they they just kind of put it in and start start the point to to some extent uh that's not fair it's not a fair characterization of all the players i just named uh but you kind of get the point zverev is a total outlier in terms of the speed he brings and the amount he makes in the court so uh look how did that affect the match 45% first serves unreturned for zverev uh, he didn't need to do much else other than serve in the second set after getting the break. You know, it, it was pretty dominant from there on out. Uh, he didn't have to do much else after getting the break in the third set for a lot of it uh, until his last two service games. His last two service games, he, and we'll get into it, a lot of returns did come back in play as he did have a, a slight dip in first serve damage. Uh, but also then, to close the match, he was facing break point at 30-40, trying to serve out the match at 5-4, and he goes unreturned, unreturned, unreturned to win the match. So three swings of the racket to kind of seal the deal in those nervous moments. So I start with this Verev serve, but as I mentioned, uh, he did need to come up with more than just the dominant serving performance in order to win this match. And I think the first thing is shutting down the Alcaraz drop shot. Uh, the lack of success that Alcaraz had on the drop shot, first of all, I think emotionally set a certain tone in the match for Alcaraz uh, because it, it is kind of, I think it does bother him when he's losing a lot of points off of his drop shot. And that was certainly the case here. I mean, Zverev almost got the break of serve in the third set when Alcaraz went down love 30, hitting two drop shots on the opening two points at, uh, which game was this? This was one all. Um, and then the very next game, two all, the very next service game that is at two all, uh, once again, Alcaraz makes a forehand drop shot, unforced error at 15 all to go down 15 30. And this ends up being a break of serve for Zverev. A couple of factors here. One, I think that Sasha held the baseline quite nicely. Uh, even, you know, especially on the shot that followed his return of serve. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a case of Zverev, and he sometimes does this where, you know, he just seeds ground for no reason or he seeds ground easily. I, I think the court positioning, particularly after the opening set, was uh, was pretty aggressive for Zverev, which is a bonus against Alcaraz. I mean, you know me. I don't. I'm not a stickler for standing up on the baseline if it doesn't suit a player's needs. But in this case, it was pretty important for Zverev that he just. And it always is against Alcaraz that you just be aware of where you are on the court and don't cede ground for no reason. But the other aspect of this is this is a very quick hard court. And these are the worst conditions possible for hitting drop shots. They're the worst. Uh, first of all, the positioning that that I just talked about with Zverev closer in on the baseline, that is going to be more typical on a fast hard court. You're not going to have players uh, playing the same court positioning that they do on clay and dropping back further. No, on a quick hard court, especially when it's low bouncing, you're going to have a, a lot of guys holding the baseline. It's going to be the preferred uh, positioning, positional style. So that's the first thing. Second thing is traction. You have perfect traction on hard court, which gives you that split second, maybe better jump on the drop shot. Better than grass, better than clay. 
Uh, then the third thing is the bounce. On clay, usually, you know, the court takes to the spin, takes to the backspin uh, really, really well. So you're going to get that that nice, uh, that nice shallow depth on the second bounce on a clay court because the ball is taking, uh, the court is taking the backspin. On a low bouncing court, uh, like a like a grass court, you're hopefully also going to get that dead bounce, right? You've taken all the pace out of the ball and you're dealing with the low bouncing court, so you're going to get that super low dead bounce. That's also good for a drop shot. On a livelier, fast, hard court, you're not getting the benefit on in either direction that the court can offer a drop shot. Not to mention just the ball speed, right? The, the speed of the incoming ball. So it's harder to drop shot the ball when it's coming fast at you. And when the court kind of eats up some of that pace like it does on clay, uh, I think it makes it easier for Alcaraz to execute the drop shot and hit a good one in the first place. All of these things work against Alcaraz in these conditions. And it just makes me think that he should default and have a bias towards just, especially on the plus one ball, just hit it. Like, don't lean on the drop shot too heavily in these conditions uh, or or you can get hurt. And Alcaraz did get hurt. The other thing that was key down the stretch for Zverev were his passing shots. Particularly just trying to hang on to his serve in his last two service games of the third set when Alcaraz started to make some returns in play. At 4-3, you know what? I'm not going to start with that. Let's start with the break of serve. Let's go back to the two-all game. I mentioned the missed drop shot at 15-all, the unforced error on the drop shot. The second mistake that Alcaraz made in the game was at 30-40 when Alcaraz served and volleyed, hit a good T-serve, got a high return from Zverev, which is what you want, but Alcaraz let it go. Would have been a pretty routine first volley. Alcaraz let it go, and it dropped in. So that's the first passing shot I need to talk about. Now, it is very different from the other passing shots I'm going to talk about because the other passing shots are, I'm going to talk about did not involve a Alcaraz error, uh, an egregious one like this, right? But I have to mention that one because it was so important. It was 30-40 there. It would have been deuce if Alcaraz knocked away the volley and won the point. And then who knows what happens in that two-all service game. Uh, the other two points, for what it's worth by Zverev, were off of uh, very good stifling returns of serve at two-all. Okay, now at 3-4. Zverev is up the break. Alcaraz up 15 love appears to have a pretty easy finish. The ball is on top of the net, short, and Alcaraz with his continental grip is just, again, in tight, trying to finish, and he hits it deep. He should have done more with it. He definitely should have done more with it, don't get me wrong. But it's still an incredible Zverev scramble to his forehand and lob that forces the air off of a ball that it looked like Alcaraz was going to win the point for sure. Then at deuce, Alcaraz finds himself with a short ball on his forehand, hits a good cross-court forehand approach, and Zverev forehand down the line pass off the sideline 
Amazing timing, great precision. Ace on the next point. His first real, I think his first unreturned serve uh, of the game at 4-3. And he comes away with the hold. So massive at 15 love uh, to go up 30 love. And then at deuce to avoid facing a break point. And then in the very next game, as good a passing shot as you'll ever see at love 15. So this is to avoid going down love 30. And Alcaraz hits a backhand cross court. Delayed approach. It stays very low. He realizes how low it's going to stay, and he charges in. Zverev sees it in his peripheral. He hits a backhand down the line pass that was out the entire way. Like, if you look at the flight of the ball, at no point was that ball within the sidelines until it bounced right in the corner. Absolute beauty. Still had some trouble. In this 5-4 game, but as I mentioned, found the two great serves to close and win at 6-4. So those are my three main points for Zverev. The first serve, percentage, and level, shutting down the drop shot, and making the key passing shots down the stretch. Uh, for Alcaraz, this pattern continues. I can't believe—I keep thinking that I'm going to—it's going to be the last time I talk about this, and then it keeps happening again. This second set pattern— now, in four of the last five Alcaraz losses, the same thing has happened. He has played an extended first set. By that, I mean it either went to a tiebreak or it was 7-5. And then, in the sequence to follow, Alcaraz has been broken in his opening service game of the second set. That has now happened. That same situation that I have described has happened in four of his last five losses. The only loss that it didn't happen in was Safulin Paris, which was more of a one-sided, straightforward defeat. And the way this happened in the second set was, was pretty poor from Alcaraz. Um... Zverev's worst service game of the match, as far as I'm concerned, was love all in the second set. I I would challenge you to find a service game by Zverev where he missed more first serves and made more easy unforced errors. I don't think you would be able to find a service game um, that was worse from Zverev. But Alcaraz gave the mistakes right back. He made a bunch of unforced errors, including one on break point off of a second serve point, easy regulation, neutral, backhand, unforced error that he missed long on break point. Um, and then in the next game, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, then in the next game, Alcaraz, very loose, very sloppy. Uh, I have an unforced error at love all. I have a first ball drop shot that's very of tracks down and tucks away a forehand down the line for a for forced error at love 15. Goes back to one of our themes, drop shot issues for Alcaraz. Uh, especially on the plus one, by the way. A lot of them will be in that scenario. Uh, then I have a service winner for Alcaraz. Then I have a forehand unforced error long on the plus one. Uh, I wrote in my notes, bad, bad, bad after it. And then at 1540, backhand unforced error. Neutral ball, mistimed it wide 
on a cross-court shot. So he was way out in front early, mishit it wide. So uh, that's four unforced errors. No, that's, I lied. That's three unforced errors and a bad drop shot on the plus one. So in that beginning of the second set sequence, he should have broken. He didn't. And then he got broken. And that set the tone for the rest of the match. As I mentioned, pretty dominant serving for the remainder of the second set for Zverev. Uh, if there was one positive for the match from Alcaraz, it was that he too got a lot of unreturned serves. And uh, it was actually the main reason why he won the first set. It was the key for winning the first set. Uh, because Zverev in a lot of ways outplayed Alcaraz in the first set as well. Uh, he was more solid off the ground. He was applying more pressure on Alcaraz service games on a regular basis than Alcaraz was on Zverev service games. Uh, at Love 40, there was a Love 40 uh, midway through the first set where Zverev, uh, excuse me, Alcaraz hit three service winners in a row to dig out. And to me, like if, if Zverev lost this match, that would be something that I would be going more in depth in and probably talking about earlier in the video. Uh, but because he ends up winning the match, it doesn't, you know, it's not something that we can focus on. Uh, shockingly, Zverev, Alcaraz got 50% first serves on returned on Zverev here. That's a great number for Alcaraz. Um, in, in, in some cases, I feel like Zverev was not handling the slice serve as well as probably he should have. Slice serve to the forehand and uh, also slice serve into the body backhand. But also, like, let, let's see what happens if Alcaraz can Alcaraz can grab that number again against Rublev and against Medvedev in his group and maintain that 50% first serves on return. He's going to be he's going to have a chance to win those matches. They're at the very least they're going to be close. So that's the main positive. Uh obviously negatives in other areas and uh good performance all things considered for Zverev. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.